Welcome to the podcast, Cannons on the Run, episode... 24. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Nailed it. I was ready for that one. A production of St. Norbert Abbey. I'm Frater Jordan. And I'm Frater Jonathan. And we are coming to you this Labor Day from the Holy Spirit House of Studies in Chicago. I finished my last year... And Jonathan is starting. I'm starting my studies. Yes. Don't speak in third person. <laughs> you said Jonathan. <laughs> I try uh, to complete the sentence grammatically correct. Oh, you know what? I screwed up on my name. I'm not Frater Jordan. I'm Reverend Frater. Hey, great. Good catch. Yeah. Reverend Frater Jordan. So this is going to be like the quickest turnover of uh, recording and posting. Yeah. Oh yeah, like right. we've told them. Yeah, we've told you now, listeners, that we are recording this on Labor Day, and here you are hearing it two days later. This is almost live. Almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> so, some big events happened. We these have last couple. Nothing going on for the last two weeks. Like pretty much nothing. Uh, two weeks have felt like five. <laughs> like, so much. <laughs> because of beautiful things. Yeah. Very beautiful things. So since our last episode, one of the big events for me, on August 28th, the Feast of St. Augustine, I professed simple vows to the community, and that was a big day for you, too. It was. I professed solemn vows mm-hmm. to the community. So the two of us, along with Father Peter Empting, who was a fellow novice of mine, now a fellow junior of mine, that's the word we use after you've professed simple vows. You're not a novice, you're a junior. Yeah. A junior. So what's the difference? Well, the literal difference is my belt now is a sash. Yeah. So you can visually tell if in a routine they are no longer a novice and not a junior. If their belt has a knot tied and little sash hanging instead, that means you're a junior. Yeah. That also means, like, right now I'm down in Chicago. I'm beginning my theology studies, the next step of my formation. It, well, and it also means that you profess these vows because it's another step towards a more final, concrete relationship with the community and the brothers within the community, Yeah, which would be like solemn vows is more concrete. Right. right. It's kind of like, to me, I explain it to people as talking about engagement versus marriage. So simple vows is kind of like the engagement phase. Obviously, you're making this promise with the intent of staying. And solemn vows then is that point of marriage when you're making those vows for life. Yeah. But the main big things is simple vows and moving down to Chicago to start studies. So I'll be down here always during the academic year for my studies. How about you? Well, right after the retreat at St. John's Abbey, got back to De Pere. And then uh, two days later, I paced the Wassa Half Marathon. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was pretty fun. Yeah. It was hot. And you ran really well. I'm going to request that you tell everyone what place you got in that race. Uh, second <laughs> overall. Uh, so, yeah. It was, it was nice. Uh, the next race that I have that I'll be pacing, helping out with, is the Fox Cities Half Marathon. And I'll be pacing 130. So, folks, make sure to register for Fox Cities. If you want to run fast. Yeah. Reverend Frater Jordan will be there to run fast and help you keep on pace. I will be there. And then, you know, with Labor Day, hopefully the rain keeps off down here. Yeah, there's some rumbling thunder right now. Yeah. We'll see. I'm hoping. Yeah, hoping to grill out. Have a nice, nice steak. But <laughs> Just one? Can I get one too? Yeah. Oh, good. Which will be great for our recovery. Yeah. Um, 
So this morning, Frater Jonathan and I did a 16-mile run as a part of our training for the Chicago Marathon in October. Mm-hmm. And whew, <laughs> 16 was rough. I can't imagine 26. I was thinking the same at mile two yeah. and four and eight and then from 12 on in. Yeah. <laughs> I can do this. I can do this. I'm dying. I can do this. <laughs> Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Seriously. So I think to answer that literally as a runner, I know that I do this because I need to put in this work so I can run the marathon successfully later. And I love that analogy. That does keep me going during the run. And then it becomes an analogy for life, I think. If I put in the time right now, there's going to be a long-term impact. I'm trying to eat more healthy to feel better. There's a long-term impact right. in terms of religious life, you know, building certain prayer habits, even on the days when you're just out of it and you're like, man, sorry, God, I don't know if that was some really good praying. I was trying, but felt, you know, pretty distracted or whatever. You know, something in me, that, that analogy plays really well. I know that this is working toward a bigger thing. I don't know. Is that the same for you, do you feel? Yeah, because a lot of people go... I only run if I have a race to perform for. So people Hmm. know themselves well enough that they will not train unless they have a race in mind. And so I would have gone running today, but it probably wouldn't have been 16 Uh, miles, except for I have this marathon in mind. You and I have this goal Mm -hmm. to accomplish. So we're preparing our bodies for that, Mm -hmm. right? You mentioned life. We are preparing as Christians, we're preparing for the kingdom of God. And I think in reflecting upon the commitment that you made with your simple vows, and then recently the commitment I made with solemn vows and diaconate ordination, mm-hmm. it's preparing me for who God is calling me to be as a Norbertine priest, mm-hmm. right? And These are joyful events. They're also scary events because it's uh, uncertain what the the future holds. But I think it's a continual trust in God working in my life. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's where the retreat was really helpful. So as we make these life commitments, you and I were required to go on retreat. It's like you have to take time to be with God and reflect upon this. You have to be prepared in this commitment that you're going to make. And that's what was so beautiful about the retreat at St. John's Abbey. We had a great spiritual director, and a lot of my reflection that came from spiritual direction, ironically, at the end stages of formation, looking at solemn vows, I was reflecting a lot at the beginnings of Norbertine life and looking at my first year novitiate and the wisdom that I gained from novitiate having my life slowed down and being forced to reflect upon life and pray. And one of the most spiritual men that I met during my first year novitiate was Abbot Ron Rossi. And what brought forth reflection was a comment that he made that the reason why you join a religious community isn't the reason why you stay. And I don't know if I have this totally down for an accurate, concrete answer to this, but it gives me reflection to be like, yeah, when I entered the Norbertine order, I had a bit of romanticism and dreaming and idealism and what what religious life looked like. But as you spend time with that person or in a community, you not only begin to see their gifts and what they do really well, but you also see 
some of the brokenness or challenges, right? Mm -hmm. And with that in mind, the imperfections of the community or the other person, it gives a reflection of, well, why do I stay, right? Mm -hmm. For me, looking at the vows and why I chose to stay is that this community, this life calls me to a deeper relationship with Christ and it leads me towards a path of sainthood, of holiness. That in this moment, in this community, this is the life that I have to give in order to receive new life in God. Mm -hmm. This summer, I was taking an independent study with one of our confreres, Father John Bostwick, who used to teach at St. Norbert College for quite a while. And he was helping me get some of my theology credits. And so this class we were looking at, we just called it On Holiness, and it was looking at just spirituality in a, a broad sense to look at things like Pope Francis's latest document and reading a few other books. So I read The Seven Story Mountain by Thomas Merton, which is a really fantastic book. I've wanted to read it for years. And Thomas Merton is such a good writer. It was just such a fun book to read. And there was a quote toward the end, which I read probably within a month, maybe even a little bit less than a month of professing simple vows. And it just came at the perfect time in my life. And Thomas Merton writes this, by this time, God had given me enough sense to realize, at least obscurely, that this is one of the most important aspects of any religious vocation, the first and most elementary test of one's call to the religious life, whether as a Jesuit, Franciscan, Cistercian, or Carthusian, I'll add in for us, or Norbertine, <laughs> is the willingness to accept life in a community in which everybody is more or less imperfect. I just, I, I mark books all the time, so I grab a little marker, boom, and I yeah. just felt such release in that because it reminded me you're not going to join any community anywhere that's perfect because that doesn't exist and it's not supposed to exist. We live here on earth, like you were talking about earlier, to help one another in this goal that we know we're working toward to, to grow in holiness. And we can't do that alone. We do that in community. So that connects the reason that you stay is not the reason that you enter. It's proven very true for me as well. You know, you can't help but have these ideals before you enter and I think we should have those ideals. That's part of why we're drawn to a goal, you know, to have that ideal. And then it's okay to have that struggle because then it changes. Why are we making these vows still? Like, okay, so the ideal disappeared or it changed. Or it's not there anymore. Why are you still choosing to make vows? Right. It seems contradictory to what our culture tells us. And it kind of gave me pause for reflection. In a way, the vows allow us to become more fully who we are and to free us from this earthly life to share in the life of God more fully. Mm -hmm. I think that's the freedom in the vows, that even though we have these what would be considered restraints or parameters, they actually lead us to a more freeing, life-giving wow. life. Wow, I love, I love that. They lead us. They do. So then when things are bad, you have that vow to lead you, to guide you. Here's the vow I made, how I'm going to act in that moment. Because like you said, when you make the vows, it's like, oh man, these words are real. Like even though I was living this life, I don't know, I was kind of like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, there was definitely a moment for me, you know, there's strong language right off the bat about I renounce the world and make these vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience um, and there's specific language in ours talking about simple vows means that there's a termination point. It's not forever yet. So saying, you know, I, I will live these out as if I am a solemnly professed member, basically. But, you know, recognizing that there's still one more step to profess solemn vows. For you, it's all in. It's I'm going to live this. 
And I think, as I was saying them, you know, it's both. There's this leap of like, oh man, I am saying this in front of everybody. They are hearing this right now. And of course I mean it. It felt right to be saying it in the moment. At the same time, I did feel, honestly, there was also leaps of excitement. To me, it felt like leaps of the Holy Spirit inside, just saying, this is a good thing. This is great to make a move this way, to say this, to mean this in your heart and let it enter into your heart. I love your language about saying that it leads us. For me, that's where I find freedom in the vows. When you say something like that, then when I am stressed, when I'm not taking good care of myself, mind, body, and spirit, and I'm just maybe even, you know, having these moments of doubt about my vocation or about, you know, what am I doing? Who do I think I am? Saying those vows reminds me, hold on, I was fully capable and in my heart said those things and meant that. To make that vow to grow in holiness, to live in a community to make that intentional walk in my journey with God, where I feel God is calling me. So that's where I find freedom in it. It's what stops me from hitting the reset button on life and thinking, maybe I'm completely wrong. I have no idea what to do with myself now. Like, whoa, 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 slow down. (laughs) We all have off days. That's okay. You made these vows. Re-enter into that. You know, what was that feeling like again? That moment in mass, that moment in front of the community and, and enter deeper. I mean, how did it feel for you in that moment actually saying, I mean, you, you said a joke earlier about like, what am I doing here? You know, what I get myself into, but what was that like for you in mass that day? Um, I, it was very emotional because it's, I give my life to this community and I'm like, wow, those are big words. I give mm-hmm. my life. And as I was signing, signing my life over on the altar, I was just kind of like, Ooh, this is forever. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a big deal. But it was also, in some ways, a relief, though, too. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know how to no, articulate that, it. But but no, I appreciate it. I see the relief thing. That makes sense to me. There's that relief in direction, in purpose, in making that decision. So that was, I mean, that was one big day. But, I mean, you had literally the next day, another very big day, where you were ordained as a deacon, which, for those who didn't catch it, that's why Frater Jordan, pardon me, Reverend Frater Jordan <laughs> clarified his title, I guess, yeah. before his name. Reverend Frater is what we use in religious life for a deacon. And don't you forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot it. <laughs> nice. So this is a beautiful language with the diaconate ordination as well in terms of that life that you're called to, that you agree to when you profess and are ordained a deacon, right? Yeah. So the instruction from the bishop, so... The ordinary of the Diocese of Green Bay, Bishop David Ricken, was the celebrant for that day. And borrowing or using the homily prescribed in the rite, there's this beautiful phrase that just says, Never turn away from the hope which the gospel offers. Now you must not only listen to God's word, but also preach it. Hold the mystery of faith with a clear conscience. Express in action what you proclaim by word of mouth. And it's just like, whoa, this is a a life-changing event in that I'm still the same person, I think, as as you mentioned. Like, I can't just hit reset and start over. Like, I'm still the same person, but now there's a change in my relationship. With our vows, there's a change in relationship within the community with ordination, in my case, to the diaconate. There's a change in relationship with the people of God. And those words, not only hear the word, the gospel, but also preach it. And not only have faith, but do something with it. And so with the diaconate, it's calling me 
to lose my life. It's losing my life so that I may gain life in Jesus Christ. Matthew 10, 39. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's so real now. And I'm like, this is where God's calling me to be and what he's calling me to do. And I'm looking forward to the year ahead to minister as a deacon in a particular way that God has called me to. Ah, and there's such courage and there's such beauty in that because, I mean, you use some heavy language, I think, which is hard to digest for anybody, you know, to lose your life, to gain life as God offers it, as God has made it for us. You know, I think it's so hard for any of us to let go of a part of our life that we just identify with, good or bad. It's just become what's normal for us or what's comfortable for us. And so it's so inspiring to hear you talk about how you can see the life that you've gained in being called to this. You know, I think it'd be fair for anyone to say, like, that's intimidating to hear that. And it's, it's not a call to act perfectly and never make a mistake again. It's not a call to go and be someone that you're not. Yeah. It's actually a call to be exactly and precisely who God has made you to be and to respond to that. Like a lot of people say in discerning vocation, to say yes to that, to keep saying yes to God, which is a daily thing, daily conversion. Yeah. I think the main thing that I hear us both talking about through all these big events that have happened in our lives is really talking about continuing on that conversion to discover with God the life that he has made for us. Because that's something that's so intimidating to think about in its completeness from beginning to end. How am I going to find that journey, God? You know, where is it that you need me to go? And it's just these moments. Can you profess simple vows today? Can you profess solemn vows? You know, you're going to be ordained a deacon. Can you say yes to that? That's those moments when they're presented to us to say yes to God. Mm -hmm. it's, it's those steps of how we find our life instead of trying to think that we need to find it in one fell swoop and then we're set for life. It's, All right. it's a constant journey for as long as we're alive. Right. Because I imagine for a long time you felt that your life was fulfilled in teaching. Absolutely. And it was just a, a stirring within you or something, maybe a piece missing or just an incompleteness that God was calling you to something else. Yeah, the anyway. last part, the last part you said, yeah, it was this feeling of more. I loved my job. I didn't feel like anything was missing, but this feeling of more kept coming up. Like there's something else, which I guess you could translate as something, something missing. And so trying to listen to that. And what's beautiful is then in being willing to let go of that specific teaching experience at that time that I loved so much that helped me find life and finding this vocation, knowing that teaching is going to be a part of my life. Maybe not how I visualize it, but it is in many different ways already and mm -hmm. probably will be in the future. And God uses all of that for good if we, if we keep saying yes to the life that he's giving us. If we keep saying yes, he will lead us yeah. in our life. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, well, if you like what you hear, go to www.norbertines.org, click on the podcast tab. You can also contact us by clicking on contact the podcast team. Also, leave us a review and a rating on iTunes. We'll love to hear from you. And new and improved, we also have a Facebook page now. So go online and check out the Facebook page, Cannons on the Run. So as we continue to journey through life and continue to say yes to God and discover what our yes is, we ask for God's guidance and grace. And we also ask for the intercession of our Holy Father, St. Norbert and St. Augustine. Pray for us. us.